0: Welcome to Conversations with Ann Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book. I'm a registered dietitian, Now What, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Steve Della Croce a registered dietitian who started off pre-med, took a sabbatical from college to go on tour with his band, and found dietetics by continuing his interest in the healthcare field while he was leaping through his college course catalog. During his internship, he found his passion in renal nutrition and found a need for dietitians in this area where he lived in Brooklyn. From there, he started his own private practice, learned a lot about billing insurance, and is now helping other dietitians bill for insurance through his business, Nutrition Practice Management. Please enjoy my conversation with Steve. Well, I'm excited to talk about you, get to learn a little bit more about you and the fantastic business that you have. but. I guess first I think maybe you need to take me back to when did you start thinking about being a dietitian?
1: So I definitely didn't think about that before college because I didn't know a dietitian existed. Um, okay. <laughs> so I you know kind of didn't know what I wanted to do in high school and I uh, knew I wanted to go into the health field and, you know, just like everyone else said, Oh, I'll go pre-med. And I, I mean, mm-hmm. my parents didn't even go to college. So I didn't even know how to go about that. So I just started taking science classes, but I had an interesting detour. Um, my sophomore year of college, I, my, I, I played guitar in a band and my band actually got signed to a record contract and we went on tour and I left oh, wow. school for a few years. Yeah. So I got, had an interesting couple of years of my 20 21 22 you know that age and
0: um Fine. you know had
1: some time to grow up and learn a little bit and and really did actually have a lot of time to think and um yeah so we would you know come home in between tours and um, you know take some classes just so that we could make progress because we all wanted to get a degree so i started looking through the options at my school and so the nutrition was there and i I was like, wow, that's something that you could work in. I didn't have any idea. And I immediately started taking some of the classes and just really it fell in love with it, you know, again, because I was interested in health and I really didn't want to go into medicine. I didn't like so many of the restrictions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, you know, eventually the touring stopped and we couldn't make a living and went back to school. And so I was a little bit older and a little bit more experienced with real life when I finished my degree, but, um, you know, I was excited to become a dietitian and then I went into my internship and had, you know, just, I I always had an idea maybe I'll open a private practice or work in some wellness or something like that. I kind of had an idea that I could become a business owner as a professional licensed professional, but nobody in my family owned businesses. So I didn't really know anything about that. So anyway, long story short, three quarters of the way through my internship, I do my renal rotation and I was like, what is this? So who would want to have work in the dialysis? <laughs> but by week two, I got it and I became a renal dietitian. So did was, you really? I did. I loved it. I even got a job right out of right the right after I got my um, right after I passed my exam working in the dialysis center. And then again, within a year realized that there was a need for, some pre-dialysis, as we called it, um, dietitians, and and I knew I could open a private practice, so I went ahead and did that, and just hit lots of bumps along the way and learned lots of stuff. But uh, that was 16 years ago.
0: Oh, that's been a few minutes. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> we're like the same. We're probably like the because I've been a dietitian for about 21 years, so we're mm-hmm. kind of in that same you know area of being a dietitian for that long, but. Mm-hmm. So okay, couple things. So where did you go to school?
1: Brooklyn College. It's the okay. same school.
0: Yep. And that's I think it's funny that you were just browsing the catalog of like, oh, what am I gonna do?
1: I couldn't. <laughs> what make should it I
0: up. do? <laughs> I think that's great though that it like just stuck out at you and you were like, Oh yeah, that sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. Um, and then did you do your internship with the same college then?
1: I did not. uh, It was now now a school called Long Island University at CW Post. So, um, yeah, it was a private school compared to my city tuition. So it cost me more for my internship than my bachelor's and master's combined.
0: Combined? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's crazy.
1: It is. But it was a great program. We had a great director, um, really set everything up right. And I got so many good experiences. uh, So I was grateful for that.
0: That's amazing. Okay. So, During your internship, renal, and renal is not, you know, I've had a couple other renal dietitians on my podcast, and it is not like a glamorous part of your rotation, and I think it takes a really (laughs) special person to find an interest in renal dietetics, and I love how you mentioned the pre-renal dietitian, so talk to me about that, because I don't think that was ever something that I had heard of before, but how do you intervene pre-renal, and What does that look like for someone in a private practice?
1: Yeah, one of the early things you learn in dialysis is, well, you know, why are people here? And you figure out that, you know, they had things like diabetes and hypertension and heart disease and all these um, kind of manageable comorbidities. That maybe if they were more well managed earlier on in their life, they would not have had kidney disease. If for for a good for a good percentage of dialysis patients, not everyone, but um, and then you start to talk to the nephrologists and everyone who works with them, and they're like, "Yeah, patients don't know anything about diet, and I'm managing their diabetes prior to coming here. They come here, and it's really a disaster. I mean, they're in bad shape health wise." Um, And then trying to teach them a a different way of eating once they're on dialysis, they're so resistant to it because Mm -hmm. they never had thought about it. So it's interesting because again, I had no business experience, but I started to learn about opportunity, right? I started to learn about a market that had a need Mm -hmm. and a need that needed to be filled. And I lived in Brooklyn and there was very few to almost no dietitians doing any kind of kidney disease. And to this day, there really aren't that many in private practice in a a well-populated area. So I knew I had an opportunity there to do something that I loved, that I was an expert in, and that people needed. And then I found out that insurance covered those issues, especially diabetes. And I was like, oh, well, it's a no-brainer. I need to start a private practice, knowing nothing about what to do. (laughs) (laughs) But that's just the way I work, right? I just let's go. It's got to get done. So let's do it.
0: And you figured it out. So how did you figure out the whole dynamic of getting your practice set up and started and, and that has ultimately led to what you're doing now?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, some basic things, like I had an uncle with a, a business. So I was it's not that I knew much about the business part of it, but he's mm-hmm. like, well, you have to get incorporated. You have to have an S corp, go talk to my lawyer and he'll set you up. I was like, Okay. Oh, oh! It's how much? Okay, you know. Just, yeah. Just, oh, there's just, a price to that. Just, there's whatever has to get done, you know, and um, so that part I learned, and I spent a lot of years since then just learning about learning from business people and what it takes to run a business. Having nothing to do with nutrition, just in that aspect, mm-hmm. and that's really mm-hmm. vital. Um, the The academy really did have a lot of resources. I was able to learn some things about. MNT and what was covered and what wasn't and Medicare and, and all that fun stuff. And again, it just all worked out because it, MNT covered a lot of the issues that renal patients have. Right. So mm-hmm. um, it, it was, a, it was an easy thing, but I started, you know, getting other people and, and every time I would talk to a doctor, whether it was a nephrologist or not, none of them had a dietitian to refer to that they were already referring to. So again, yeah, opportunity all over the place.
0: So did you just kind of set out grassroots and just kind of start knocking on doors and going into clinics and talking to doctors?
1: A little bit, not, not over the top, but just, just a few that I knew. And, mm-hmm. you know, you know, my mom would go to the doctor and she would mention it to them. They're like, yeah, we have to bring this cards in and, you know, oh, stuff nice. like that. I mean, it yeah. just started small and I was still working full time. So it's not like I was doing the, the, the practice full time, but sure. yeah, a little bit of door knocking for sure.
0: Gotcha. Well, and I, do you, I mean, I'm sure you've noticed this. I've had quite a few patients recently just in like the past year where their doctors, they've, they've gotten their lab results just to look at from their doctor and it in their labs, it says, you know, patient has stage three chronic Mm -hmm. renal failure, but they've never been told that in their visit Mm -hmm. and they're shocked. So is that like a common thing lately? I'm so confused how doctors are not sharing this with their, with their patients.
1: It's not a new thing. But okay. It, it is shocking because when you hear stage, like stage yeah. three, patients freak out. And stage three could be twenty to thirty years before dialysis. I mean, it's sure. it's not around the corner. But they only hear stage related to cancer, right? right. So they right. make this association. So really, there should be a thought of changing the way that is. Um, there has been a big push in the community to have primary care doctors kind of catch these a little earlier and refer to the nephrologist earlier. It's been a problem Mm -hmm. for a long time, but you know, so they might've been stage two edging on stage three and stable when really healthy otherwise. And then now it's an alert on their lab. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I even, you know, in New York, um, it's, it's already probably, 12, 15 years, but GFR was not something that was ever included in a basic blood test. Now it's, I think every, I think every state includes it. So it's getting caught a little bit more frequently.
0: That kind of makes sense then. Mm -hmm. But I do, I have these, these patients are freaking out. And I just like, Oh, well, gosh, I don't know what to tell you, but I'm happy to help you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I'm sorry your doctor didn't share that with you, but right, yeah, let's see if we can, you know, do some things to help, but mm-hmm. interesting. So, so how long, so how long did you work full time and kind of do the side hustle thing before you transitioned to a full entrepreneur?
1: Oh, uh, a long time. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, just for so many reasons, really just learning, you know, by getting bumps and bruises um, mm-hmm. and just really not making a great living as a dietitian, so always wanting the second income as well. So it was always bootstrapping something on the side. <laughs> you know, so it started with the private practice and then, you know, learning some other, other opportunities. And then, um, you know, really probably four years ago now, having launched nutrition practice management, then, and that and the private practice and doing some other. Uh, you know, having some other streams of income, Mm -hmm. it's been more entrepreneurial for the last uh, probably seven, eight years. Wow. So it took a while.
0: Yeah. And then you've maintained your certified credential in renal too as well.
1: You know what? Um, I never got that. Uh, The the funniest story, the CSR you're talking about, right? Yes. The funniest story is getting my Academy, you know, monthly magazine, in my journal and seeing the ad for the CSR test. And it said 20% of dietitians report an increase in pay. I'm like, (laughs) that doesn't seem like a selling point. (laughs)
0: 20%.
1: I mean, why, why is that going to motivate anyone? Right. And, you know, I wasn't doing anything over the top. I was really just managing people's diabetes and Blood pressure and weight, and mm-hmm. so it didn't benefit me. In fact, and any of the dietitians that work in my practice don't even have it, and they don't seem to be missing much. We're helping lots of people, so um, not knocking this. The right, connection. I think it's an amazing thing to get. I just didn't commit the time because I was so focused on other things.
0: Sure. Well, and I, you know, I kind of agree with you. Like that wouldn't be a big selling point. And sometimes I feel like just because you have more credentials doesn't make you any more of an expert. You know that's a tough
1: pill for a lot of people to swallow.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because if I mean like you working in it and doing it all the time every day, I feel like sometimes in my eyes, that is being more of an expert than just having, you know, a certification. But
1: in some ways, yeah. So I certifications digress. have they there's lots of people learn while they're taking that
0: and uh, right.
1: have a lot of benefits to offer, sure.
0: Yeah, yes. I think I feel like renal though is one of those things that you definitely need to work in it pretty for a while i don't think like just taking a test and setting for a test would be enough i feel like you have to have that hands-on experience agree yeah so talk to me about your business because i know you know um, being an entrepreneur there's lots of people saying open a private practice you know don't bill insurance bill insurance what makes your you know your private practice so unique and why is insurance kind of a focus for you
1: Well, like I said before, I definitely got lucky in some ways because I loved working with this population of renal diabetics, and I got very good at that, and it just happened to be two of the things that not just Medicare but other insurance companies basically pay for. They cover it, right? So my business model for the private practice was we're going to accept insurance, and yes, in certain places, the reimbursement's not as much as if maybe you're a cash pay, but a lot more people come through our door. So we kind of make up for it with volume. Um, And then, uh, as I mentioned, you know, other insurance companies besides Medicare started covering it and really has expanded significantly in the last decade where every insurance company covers nutrition unless there's just some little policy that they don't have that doesn't cover it. Um, And it's, it's expanded beyond that. It's gone into weight loss and. Uh, even other conditions like eating disorders and so on, and a lot of it being covered as preventive just because you're seeing a dietitian. So the patients have a lot more access to us as dietitians and Business model just worked out well that we were able to do this through insurance. So that means we get free advertising for every insurance company because we're in their directory. Mm. And one of the first questions anybody asks when they call the office is, do you take my insurance, right? So we make sure Mm. that we list those out on the website and business cards, et cetera. So, um, but because of that, you have to learn how to bill insurance. Now, in the very beginning, I didn't know anything. And I had somebody, another dietitian referred, a family member who actually was a medical biller and she helped me get started and she taught me a few things. And again, I did, you know, I learned as much as I could from the Academy and some books and so on and started billing and found that, well, just like anything else, you can learn it. And, you know, I just happened to get good at it. Um, Cause again, not being, a business minded person in the be- in the beginning because not having any background in it, had to learn how to get paid and had to be okay with it. So it felt like I was a lot more comfortable getting the money from the insurance company than the patient. You know, sure. that, that thing, right? <laughs> so it was a lot easier for me. Um, and just after years and years of dealing with, you know, all the issues and billing and really just learning it and getting a good system in place in my practice, I was able to help all the dietitians, which I really enjoy. So thanks to like Facebook and podcasts and you know, webinars, I was teaching some other dietitians what to do. And then I was like, you know what somebody there's billing companies all over the place for doctors, but nobody wants to work with dietitians because they make less money. So I was like, so somebody needs to offer this out. Um, in addition to some other things, like I was getting a lot of patients through the door because we were answering the phones. I had someone answering the phones. And I would get, I would have a patient sit in sit in my office say, you know, you were the sixth dietitian that I called. No one else answered their phones or returned my calls. Wow. I'm just sitting there. I'm like, what are we doing as an industry? I mean, all these people are looking for help, and we're not we're not taking this seriously. And I know there's costs involved to having people answer your phones and so on, but I was able to put some, a package together and, and work with some people to offer it out to dietitians. And that's actually how nutrition practice management started. And then I was helping with the billing piece and then I, you know, brought on some professional billers and now it's expanded. We're really, um, pretty, I mean, it's a lot bigger than it was when it started, but we've barely scratched the surface, but, um, You know, we do everything from calling insurance companies, verifying benefits to actually doing the billing and and all the follow up and everything else involved and just doing all that in the background. And we have at least 50 different practices all over the country right now that we're helping at this time. So uh, obviously, again, there's a need. The dietitians Mm -hmm. have a need they need to be able to see more patients and spend time doing what they love to do. And those patients need them. And what's been the best part of all of this over the last couple of years, even through COVID is almost all of our clients have gotten busier. So that means more patients are finding more dietitians with their health and nutrition. And they're able to do that because they don't have to do everything, right? They don't have to do all the billing and spend all that time with that. So that's really been the, the the best side benefit from this whole thing, um, but it was an evol- evolution. It's again, you know, finding opportunity, finding where the need is, who needs help that we can offer, and then just going out there and, and bringing value to them.
0: That's amazing because I feel like that's the one thing that holds many dietitians back is doing the billing piece, and if they mm-hmm. had someone to do that for them, it would be a lot easier for them to like you said access patients and you know the biggest thing that we struggle with as dietitians is getting access to people having access to us
1: Mm absolutely yeah it's a big problem and i'm never talking any dietitian out of taking or out of being cash pay let's say that like if you have a business where people come to you and pay out of pocket it's amazing good for you absolutely um and you might have as long as you have a good system in place and you have you're managing it great if you're but if you are in a place where most of the clients are middle class or lower income and they they just won't see you if they don't get to use their benefits then you have to at least learn about the insurance piece and i want all the dietitians to know uh, at least the basics of billing because if they're the business owner, they should know everything that's going on in their business. I actually talk dietitians out of hiring us all the time when they call me and they're like, I don't want to know anything. I want to do what I'm good at. I want to give it all. Like, that doesn't work because when there's an issue, you, we can't communicate because you do not right. speaking language. So right. <laughs> I, I actually do want them to learn. That's why I created a course so that you know, dietitians can learn everything, you know, for the nuts and bolts. Um, But, you know, some practices already have a system in place. Now That's just so busy, they need help. That's totally different. But they really do need to have a clue as to what we're dealing with.
0: Sure. So do you kind of recommend if like if if a dietitian reaches out to you that doesn't have any, you know, Anything in place and they're like, we want to use you. Do you kind of recommend them to say, hey, you need to do my course so you understand things first? So you or, you know, how do you troubleshoot that if someone's interested in working with you?
1: Well, one of the big factors is how much time they have, right? So, Mm -hmm. I respect that. I mean, we have a lot of dietitians just like me starting the business on the side while they're working another job and they have a family at home. So, time is a big factor and headspace, right? can only Mm -hmm. fit so much in your brain. So, (laughs) if if they've passed that threshold already, then no problem, right? We'll help them. But again, I always come back to like, hey, just make sure you put some attention to this because you know you you need to pay your bills and if you don't have a <laughs> good billing system in place you're you're not going to be able to keep the, the lights on so I don't want them to ignore it just because they don't like it. It's mm-hmm. just like anything else they can learn it and the best part about it as far as billing for nutrition is it's only a handful of bill billing codes that you need to use and you just have to know which ones and then it's it's really a very short list when I hire billers who work for doctors they're like, that's all you need me to know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's it? Like
1: it's out of ten thousand codes, you're using mm. five. So it's definitely something smart dietitians can learn.
0: And you help people all over the United States. So all walks, talks of new of insurance companies, or is there things that you avoid that way?
1: Yeah, no, we we deal with it all.
0: Okay. See, that's what I always think is like there's so many different like intricate insurance companies and like every state's got so many different ones. So I didn't know if that makes it more complicated or if it's pretty easy since you have such a great kind of staff too involved.
1: It depends where you are. There, there's some states like Massachusetts has a lot of plans, but then you go to a lot of the middle, country, middle parts of the country and it's, you know, it's Blue Cross, it's Medicare, it's mm-hmm. maybe Cigna, Aetna United and usually not much else. So in a lot of places, it's actually not too bad.
0: Gotcha. Good to know. So if a dietitian is looking to work with you, where's the best place to get in touch with you? Do they contact you? Do you have someone that kind of handles all the initial intake?
1: Yeah, well, they can go to the website and then put in um, you know, in, a request for somebody to contact them. So it's nutrition, M, G, N, T. So M is in Mary, G as in George, N as in Nancy, T as in Tom nutrition
0: Awesome. And what does what does the future look like for you? What kind of things are you working on? Or are you just engulfed in all the the new people coming on?
1: Um, you know, really trying to make sure I have the right people in place to help them because it's truly grown into a business where I'm not the one doing all the work. Mm-hmm. So really focus on that so we can bring the most value and it's not easy. Um, but you know I do want to teach a little bit more teach some dietitians I I, I do some one-on-one in group coaching but uh, not a, not enough in other words I like I don't get into the weeds with enough people I'd like to be able to do that more so we're just getting again getting our systems in place so I can I can reach more people um, not to sell our services but so much as to educate and you know really empower dietitians to go out there like if you want to see patients that's what you want to do you want to have a private practice it's it's absolutely doable you just have to learn a few things and I really want to facilitate that
0: you seem like the kind of person that wants to. it seems like you have done you've done all the things to educate yourself so you know how tough that was and how much work you had to put into it so you want to help other dietitians do that as well definitely thanks yeah that's hard that's hard because you like like you said you have to go get on the Academy and read through things and look through books and find the connections. And it all takes a lot of time. Hmm, Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I do have to ask what band, you have to tell me your band. What was your band?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, If you knew me in person, you would not expect it. Right. It's my alter ego. I got to play in a (laughs) heavy punk hardcore band. (laughs) I still play. I have some shows this weekend. Um,
0: Oh, awesome!
1: Yeah, it's a good time. So, band called Shutdown. S S H U T D O N D O W N. So, yeah, got to go all over the world and on. you get paid to do it. It was pretty cool when you're 21 years old.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's pretty impressive that during that whole process, too, you're like, yeah, I'm going to still try and keep up with my college classes and <laughs> to do that. Because, you know, that could easily have went sideways, too. Oh, it did
1: for a little while, for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what you're doing is awesome. I think there's such a need, and I, I do love that you're passionate about being a uh, you know, giving people the option to use their insurance. Cause I feel like there's a lot of people that want to use that benefit, but, mm-hmm. and I think dieticians need to be more open to kind of using insurance and not be so scared of it. I don't know if you feel the same way.
1: I think scared is a good word. You know, it's anything that you don't understand you're afraid of. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but and there's also other ways around it. Like patient, you can bill for a patient that you're not in network with and still get them reimbursed. You know, there's, there's, and everyone wants to just give a super bill, which is fine, but patients don't know anything about insurance either. So if you could just, again, put a system in place, it's ultimately customer service. You're helping them out by billing for them. You know, um, I mean, Hey, I learned that by having to go for acupuncture one time. And my, my therapist was like, Oh, what's your insurance? Okay. I'm out of network with it, but I'll send the bill in and got a check in the mail, right? So I didn't have to do anything. It's like, oh, well, that didn't seem hard.
0: (laughs) Yeah. See, I didn't even know that. I thought that super bills was like the only way that you could bill out of network.
1: Nope. It's the same process as billing as if you were in network.
0: Interesting. Huh. See, you like know, you know, some stuff. I'll have to (laughs) reach out to you. I don't do a lot of billing, but um, that's interesting to know that, that that's a possibility too. Hmm. Interesting. And acupuncture too. There you go. That's right. (laughs) If they can cover that, they can cover dietitian services, right? Uh, Definitely. (laughs) Well, thanks for answering my hard questions. How about answering my, or I'm sorry, answering my easy questions. How about answering my hard questions? (laughs) (laughs) My ending questions. I always ask, why don't you share with me some of the foods that you enjoy?
1: Uh, Um, well, half Italian, so we eat lots of Italian food. But mm. I think our, my, wife, my wife and I like to go out for Thai food a lot.
0: Mm, I bet there's lots of great places where you live.
1: Yeah, there are.
0: Uh, what about beverages that you enjoy?
1: So I should don't drink alcohol, just personal choice so uh, it was ginger ale for a long time but that was too much sugar so I'm pretty boring (laughs) give me a good flavored seltzer and I'm good to go
0: (laughs) I'm with you I'm just as boring so I'm usually a seltzer kind of I mean you can get really creative with different flavors right
1: (laughs) absolutely but I will say if you ever get to try you know true ginger ale or true like a real root beer like freshly made not from a big brand that that is a lot of fun
0: Ooh, now where would you find that? Do people make that? Like, is there places to get that?
1: Yeah, um, I remember the first time I ever tried it was in earlier. Uh, but then when we came back home, it's there's a ton of uh, almost like breweries that just make ginger oh. ale and, and root beer.
0: Interesting. I'll yeah. have to pay attention to some brewery menus because maybe they do have it on there. You where know, where
1: are you located?
0: I'm in Iowa. <laughs>
1: So I mean, there's definitely going to be a place here and there because yeah. yeah. lots of farm and stuff.
0: There's lots of breweries around here, so I guess I'm I guess when I'm looking at menus, I'm not looking for root beer and ale. but I like <laughs> them, and I'm sure if they're brewed fresh, they're delicious. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, how about scents or smells you enjoy?
1: Hmm. Well. I'm a dietitian, so food-related smells mostly.
0: Yes, <laughs> 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 almost any,
1: <okay>. almost anything. <laughs>
0: There's probably a few Italian dishes that you enjoy the smell of. I'm sure.
1: Oh yeah, nothing like a homemade sauce.
0: Uh, yum! I can smell it already. Uh, what about if you were not a dietitian or an entrepreneur? What do you think you'd be doing?
1: I tell you, I don't know because. I think I could have easily opened a pizzeria and and (laughs) made a lot of money. Me and my brother talked about it all the time and (laughs) we probably should have done that, but, um, (laughs) You know, I just couldn't fight how unhealthy it was. It just really kind of ate away on at me. But um, really,
0: yeah, yeah, that was a hard, hard sell for you.
1: And it was a linchpin. But yeah. it, I, my first job was in a pizzeria, and it's not difficult. It's hard work, don't get me wrong, but it's you know mm-hmm. something to learn. But yes, I don't, I really don't know.
0: I mean, I would be a huge fan of a dietitian who owns a pizza place. I think that would be pretty amazing.
1: <laughs> Old cauliflower <college>, uh, crust.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh <God>. do you <laughs> like cauliflower crust
1: a good one yeah yeah that is pretty good
0: yeah i i don't know i can't do it i think it tastes like cauliflower but y- that's even the
1: cauliflower brand yes yeah, okay. even th-
0: i can still taste it maybe it's just i don't know maybe i'm just weird yeah. i that's try <laughs> <laughs> and what brings you joy in life
1: um i think i'm just naturally helping people you know, it's really, really gets me going. Um, I am naturally introverted, so I have limited energy to spend with groups of people. But when somebody needs something or we can sit together and even just have a one-on-one conversation that really, really brings uh, me a lot of joy.
0: That's awesome. And I think you're doing a great job just by being in that cool crazy insurance space because that's, that's definitely one that we need help with. My pleasure. I think there is a big need for us dietitians to not be so scared of insurance. It is something that, again, as Steve mentioned in the podcast, you know, we're scared of something because we don't know enough about it. And once we learn and kind of get that behind our belt, it doesn't seem so scary. So I think it's great that he has this take that, yes, we need to know something about billing insurance because as dietitians, we still need to be accessible to our patients. And many people have insurance. You know, a lot of us ourselves would not go to the doctor if we couldn't use our insurance. So I think it's a great thing to consider in your practice. And if you need some help, I think Steve is a great resource. I love that he has this business model that helps dietitians bill and he has experts that he employs to help billing and definitely reach out to him nutrition management as he said ngnt is dot com, and he would be a great person to get in touch with remember to be great always find the joy in each day and to start a conversation that truly matters